and we'll probably be here for a few weeks looking at the Feast of Tabernacles and, and uh, to a measure of what's contained in the Feast of Tabernacles. And, and one thing that I said the other night, uh, probably repeat a few things just to catch us up into it. But when you begin to talk about the Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Trump, well, the Feast of Trumpets, Feast of uh, Atonement, the Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles, much of the church world believes the Feast of Trumpets is the rapture. And that's what they, what many people teach is that when the trumpets blow, of course, the Lord's descending and catching everybody up in the clouds and and the, that the trumpet is dealing with the rapture. Well, by the scripture, the challenge with that is the book of Hebrews. So when you come into the book of Hebrews, the day of atonement took place in Christ. So in the order of the feast, you have Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. In the order of Tabernacles, you have, have the blowing of the trumpets. You have the Day of Atonement, and you have the Feast of Tabernacles. So the, the problem with the logic that many people have is they would then have discluded atonement or they put it out of order. I, I, I don't know where they come with the logic that atonement hasn't happened because if atonement hasn't happened, you're not one with Christ. You're not into the Holy of Holies. You're not into the presence of God because the atonement, as we will look at in, in the coming weeks, is the entrance into the presence of God. That's what that veil represented is, is the presence of God was veiled away and he was behind that veil. But our high priest went into the veil, the veil that was removed at his death, and we go in with him. We are presented in him unto God as one with him. Now, to me, that's a, that's a marvelous day of atonement, to be one with the Lord, that we have been redeemed, bought, purchased, everything you can say in that area to be one, to be one, and to walk in his uh, fullness, glory to God. Well, in we're going to look at Numbers 29 in a moment, if you want to turn there, 1 through 6, and then Leviticus 23. But just a couple, couple things uh, as we begin to look at the blowing of the trumpets. I wrote this down today, trumpets is hearing. It's a voice and the hearing of the voice. And whether this is all right, this is just what came in my heart. So we'll measure this out as we're in this study. Atonement is the seeing. The, the priest was seen entering into the holy place and 
going into the Holy Holies and coming back out. So it was a seeing. And then the Holy of Holies and Tabernacles was an entering and a dwelling. So we hear, see, and enter and dwell into what we hear and see. And all of that hearing and seeing and even dwelling is contained in a person. See, it's, it's when you try to divide this out into, into days and times, it becomes very, very difficult. Because we go back to the old order of this, and it was divided into days and times. You had the Passover time, you had the Pentecost time, and then you had the Tabernacles time. And see, see we still try to do that in Christ. But... That becomes difficult sometimes because every bit of that is wrapped up in him. So, so it's, it's all a measurement of him. So if I'm walking in an understanding of Passover, I'm walking in a measurement of Christ. It's all a measurement of, of him, of a person. And the same with Pentecost and the same with Tabernacles and that's where, to me, it's this ongoing move of the Spirit of God making the dimensions of Christ real in you and I. Because I believe that's what the Spirit of God's doing is making the dimensions of a person real in you and I. And that's what we're, we're looking at. So, so what's, what we've done and I've done this, is we, we've kind of said, well, I come to Passover, this group's come to Passover, this group's come to Pentecost, and now this group's over here in Tabernacles. But see, see, it's kind of like we, we graduate these things. I'm not sure that's true, because all of this is contained in the person of Christ. The understanding of Passover has increased probably in my heart more the last two years than probably any time I've walked in the Lord. But I've been in Revelation Word for years and years. So I received the Lord years ago. And if I said, well, that's all there is to Passover, me of receiving the Lord, I might have a small view of Passover. And, 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 and I think that's what it is, uh, because we've been told that's all Passover represented is you receiving the Lord. And I believe, I believe with all my heart that's part of Passover. It's the same way with Pentecost. Well, well I've spoken tongues for a long, long time. And a lot of people believe that's, you know, the Pentecostal experience is you receive the Holy Ghost and you speak in unknown tongues. And, and I would say, well, that's part of the Pentecostal experience, but I may have a very small view of Pentecost because all of these are dealing with the person of Christ. And to have a view of Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, I have to have a view of him. And my view of him needs to keep getting broader and broader and broader, greater and greater and greater. Because it's, it's the person. It's like the day, the day of the Lord. Okay. We, we, we want to put that in a, time period 
but it's the day of the Lord. Whenever we receive the Lord Jesus, we've come to the day of the Lord. That's a dimension of the day. Or a part of the day, receiving him, walking in, receiving him is a part of the day of the Lord because now you're partaking of the Lord. The daylight out here didn't change. That's, that's what Christians, you, you know, like the writer in Hebrews says, today is the day of salvation. When you receive the Lord, you come in the day of salvation. Well, the day and night and the natural never changed. It's still day. It's still night. But all at once, you're walking in a day, light, and understanding of the Lord. Glory to God. So as we look at these feasts, that's what we're doing. We're partaking in measures of him. Fuller and fuller measures of Christ. And one thing I said the other night before we read numbers, and I really, it, this really spoke in my heart because I was sitting, and I, I shared this with Brother Dale, sitting before the Lord, and I was kind of, well, Lord, how am I going to teach this, tabernacles? <laughs> I'm, I'm asking the Lord, how am I going to teach this? I, I've, I've, you know, probably had these feelings in me. I, I don't know. I got myself in this situation here, Lord. I've taught through Passover and Pentecost, and you've brought in my understanding in Pentecost, and and well, I could say tabernacles is just you dwelling in us. Well, I taught that in Pentecost. It's part of Pentecost, and it is part of Pentecost. It is part of tabernacles. But there has to be something more in the understanding. There has to be something more. And as I look back at Exodus and Leviticus, and I looked at you have gathered the produce of the land. That just spoke to my heart that they were to gather the fruit of their labors. Gather it up like a, like a farmer gathering it up and putting it in his storehouse. The Israelites were to gather their labor of the land and store it up. And when I, when I read that, it just worked in my heart brother jimmy this had been working in me for some time brother jimmy lewis had talked about remaining a few weeks back and it had worked in my heart i guess ever since he talked about remaining and so this just rose up in me you've not chosen me john 15 16 but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go in and bring forth fruit and your fruit should remain. You're going to gather up the fruit of the seed that it remain in you. See, God gathered all that up in Christ. He gathered up the fruit of the seed. He gathered up everything that Christ did in himself. That's what he did when Jesus was glorified back with the Father as one with God. It was all gathered up into the presence of God. So you know everything Christ did in the presence of God. So, so that gathering up of the fruit of the land 
goes 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 the best I can read is where his husbandry, where his land, where his farm, and the fruit he put in his farm is the word of God. And the gathering up of that fruit of the word of God that it may remain in you. And I begin to look at that as the Feast of Tabernacles, a remaining, a place of stay, a place of dwelling in the presence of God, staying. That's really what's in my heart that we come into a place of, of continual staying. I know we know the Lord is always present, present with us. We, we like to say that. He's always present with us. But sometimes inside, because people can't see inside of us, the peace of God, and I know we've known this, the peace of God would sometimes come and go. I feel like I've got the peace of God. Everything's going great. And then, boom. Don't feel like I got the peace of God anymore. <laughs> well, that's what I mean about remaining. That, that even when we read scriptures about an overflowing of the abundance of the fruit and the overflowing of the, of the joy, the overflowing of it is because it's in you, it remains and it flows out of you. And the Lord's just been dealing with me there, uh, dealing with me in my own personal life, what I call my personal life and my personal walk, that this peace of God that's in us, because many of the people I'm talking to on this meeting, if not all, have a measure of the peace of God that's been worked, a measure of what we're talking about in tabernacles that's been worked in them. It's part of their being. They you enjoy, you enjoy the peace of God. You, you know what that is. You know, a lot of times the world does it, but you know what the peace of God is. There's a measure of that that's part of your being. Well, what God is dealing in me is taking that measurement of him because the fruit of the trees in the book of Revelation is for the healing of the nations. Well, when I go into the situations, and I've, I've been at times the worst to go into situations and show them everything but the fruit of the Spirit. But that's what God is dealing with me about is, wait a minute, you're in the peace of God. Minister peace. Minister joy. Not just when we're sitting here. Not just when you're even thinking about Jesus. Because we, we get religious and we start thinking about Jesus. And so we, we, we've got to minister peace because we belong to him. We're the body of Christ. Okay. When we're in our everyday 
existence or everyday life and circumstances present themselves to us, we minister peace. And we have the ability to do something the world can't do. The world can't bring real peace into a situation. But the Lord's body can. We are members of the body of Christ. Remember that. That's what Paul calls us. So if Christ is full of peace, his body is full of peace. As he is, so are we in this present world. And that's what God has called us into. And I believe as we look at this Feast of Tabernacles, that's the feast. You've been made one with the Lord. I believe that's what the Day of Atonement represented, is that he went into the presence of God. And just as Jesus said, and, and we're going to look at this in the coming sharings, but he, Father, glorify me with thyself. But he came out of the presence of God. It came into the earth to bring many sons into glory. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And one last scripture before we get over here into the voice. Because I won't get to it. Or one last thought here. Is that herein is my Father glorified. How's he glorified in you and I? That you bear much fruit. You bear in you the increase of Christ. The fruit of the Spirit. You bear it. It's part of your being. It's a bearing of it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. In the book of Numbers 29, 1 through 6, the Bible says, and in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work. For you, it is a day of the blowing the trumpets. Man, I wish we could blow the trumpets, folks. You shall offer a burnt offering as a sweet aroma to the Lord. One young bull, one ram, and seven lambs in the first year without blemish. Their grain offering shall be fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the bull, two-tenths for the ram, and one-tenth for each of the seven lambs. Also one kid of the goats as a sin offering to make atonement for you. Besides the burnt offering with its grain offering for the new moon, the regular burnt offerings with its grain offering and their drink offerings according to their ordinances, ordinance as a sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. So here you come to the blowing of the trumpets and automatically what's presented to you, but the offering of the Lord. Leviticus 23 says in verse 23 through 25 says, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Leviticus 23, 23. 
the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel saying in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. So here's the blowing of the trumpets, the feast of trumpets. What's getting ready to happen? the Day of Atonement. What's before them? The announcement, the gathering. Everything is centering around this Day of Atonement that the high priest enters into the divine presence of God. Everything's centering around that. So these trumpet blasts are centering around that. Now, where do we find the voice of this trumpet at in our Bible? In the book of Revelation, John, in verse 9, and John is in the Isle of Patmos, and he says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the Isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus and unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So he hears a voice, and the declaration of the voice is who I am. <laughs> That's what the voice declares, I am, Alpha and Omega. I am. Now that's a trumpet. That's the voice of a trumpet. And so John turned to see the voice, and being turned, he saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one light to the Son of Man. So I believe what John saw here was the completion of the church. So he turns to see the voice, and he sees seven golden lampstands, and in the lampstands, he sees one fully clothed like the Son of Man. Now this, this picture of Jesus that John sees here is very different than the man that walked the shores of Galilee. He begins to describe him here. He says, and he sees one in the seven candlesticks like the Son of Man clothed with a garment to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet likened to fine brass. While well, the pictures I see of people paint, putting pictures out of Jesus, this ain't what they look like. John, John says he has hair white as wool, eyes as a flame of fire, and feet like burning brass. Glory to God. As if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And I kid around and 
and say if this is literal, he's got a really big hand because stars are larger than the earth, I believe. So he's got in his power and authority seven stars in his right hand. And out of his mouth, the sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun that shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And this is what happens with anyone that sees the Lord. They come to the death of the cross. And they come to the life of the Spirit. Anyone that sees the Lord, this is the reality that you're going to come to. And you're going to understand that the feet of brass is dealing with the brazen altar, the death of the cross, glory to God, the, the judgment of the cross, that when he died, all died with him. All of this John sees and declares here in the church. He sees it in the church. He sees a complete church that's dwelling in, I believe, the fullness of God. The fullness of God is in them. They may not be dwelling in it because, because correction begins to come, but here in Christ in them, because this is what is declared of the seven candlesticks as what? The seven churches of Asia. And the stars, what does he declare the stars are? The seven stars are the angels or the ministers of the seven church. And the seven candlesticks are the seven churches. But in them, see, this is what the voice declares is the work of the I am. I am in the midst. I am come. I am resurrection. All of this is seen by John here on Patmos. And, he, and it's through hearing the voice of the trumpet and seeing. And see, this is why in the, I made this comment earlier about the feast. We try to put these in this little chronological order, like the natural feast. But you see that voice of the trumpet is actually connected to the work of the Lamb of God because it's all a dimension of him. So when I hear that voice and I turn and see that voice, I see the work that God did in atonement. Because when I see the when I turn to see the voice, I, I begin to see the work of God in Christ. And there's something very powerful in this. When the children of Israel were going to go into Jericho in the book of uh, Joshua 6. Joshua chapter 6. They're going to Jericho. God's told them to take the land. He's given them the land. So so they're heading into Jericho. And it says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thy hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty man of valor. 
and you should compass the city, all you men of war, and go round about the city once, thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. <laughs> so seven priests shall bear before the presence of God the voice of the lamb. What's a ram? A male lamb. The ram's horn, the mouth and the voice of Christ. You could say the type and shadow of this is that these seven priests, and seven's dealing with the completion, these seven priests were declaring out of their mouths because Christ, speaking a type and shadow now, the lamb is in them. So with their mouths, they're blowing the horn or trumpet of the lamb. Can we all say, see that? And how they're blowing the trumpet of the lamb is that the living lamb of God, like John saw in the book of Revelation, is in them and has opened their hearts and minds to see and declare what he has done. Therefore, the walls of Jericho could not stand before the army of God because the voice of the Lamb was coming out of the priesthood. Glory to God. And that's what took down the walls because God had already given them the land. He had already promised it to them for an inheritance but what stopped them from going in there was, was hearing the voice. So when they begin to hear the voice, they're hearing the voice of the, of the trumpet, speaking of the voice of the lamb, everything comes down and they enter in. And of course, the walls of Jericho fell and all that that's in Jericho's put to death, speaking of that old man that was done away in Christ. And they're possessing what God has given them through covenant. And they're doing that because they're walking in the voice of the Lamb. And I'm looking at this and considering this before the Lord, is this why God's people are possessing righteousness, peace, and joy? Because they're not walking in the voice of the Lamb. You get with God's people, and a lot of times they're in turmoil all the time. And so, so they don't have peace in themselves, so they can't minister peace. Because they're not walking in the voice of the Lamb. Because when you begin to walk in the voice of the Lamb, and you begin to turn and see the voice of the Lamb. You're going to see him in the midst of the church with hair white as wool, with all wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, and all fullness of God. You're going to see him like John declares him, having the seven spirits of God, the fullness of the Godhead bodily in him, in the church in the church. 
and that that's in him becoming alive in the church. Because the church is the expression of him that lives in them. So if the expression of him that's living in us is peace, that should be our expression. And I feel the Lord powerfully as I'm declaring this to you. This voice of a trumpet is walking in what Jesus has done. The voice of the Lamb. The Ram's voice. Hallelujah. And that's what John saw on in the book of Revelation. He saw a lamb as he had been slain, standing, resurrected in the midst of the throne with all power, glory, and dominion. But this lamb that's in the midst of the throne, this resurrected lamb, is in the church. So his dominion is not outside of the church. His dominion is in the church, that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Well, if the church doesn't know it, how's it going to be made known by us? Well, the answer is the church is destined to know it. And it's knowing it by hearing the voice and turning to see the voice and entering into what the voice says. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So, so we see these blowing of the trumpet. It just, it just, I've heard brothers talk about the death of the male lamb, the ram's horn. And I've heard that, and I've even said that. But what I saw today is as that trumpet represented their voice of a living Christ living in them. Not just the death of, of the Lamb, but yes, yes, the death of the Lamb, but the authority, power, and strength of the Lamb coming out of their mouth because of the living Christ living in them. And that's how they were going into Jericho. And the walls of Jericho was coming down. And the priests there were carrying what? The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. The presence of God. Because that's what the voice of the Lamb will bring you into, is the divine presence of the Lord. Glory to God. Well, one more scripture and I will stop tonight. I was going to stop there, but one more scripture on this. John chapter 5. John 5. In John 5, it says, verse 20, For the Father loved the Son and showed him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel, for as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, 
Even so the Son quickeneth whom he will, for the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which have sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, his voice, his word, and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is. Now, Jesus said, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Now, he was saying, is the voice of the trumpet. And they that hear the voice shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so it be given to the Son to have life in himself. And have given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Now Jesus said of himself, I am the resurrection. So to one, he's life. If you hear the voice and receive the voice, he's life. To the other, he's damnation. Same Lord. It's like Paul says of him, he's he's dead. He's life unto life, death unto death. Same Lord. Same resurrection. Not a different resurrection. See, a lot of people look at this as a different resurrection, not a different resurrection. All came forth when he came out of the grave to him. Every man that was ever born of woman came to Christ. His voice brought all humanity to him. No one in it is an island to themselves. And no one, you, you know, the judgment today is not the law of Moses. That's not the judgment. That's not been the judgment for a long time. The judgment is he that has the son has life. And he that has not the son has not life. Because Jesus told them they were condemned already because they did not what? Believe. So, so here, it, here it is set before us, the voice. And what brings us into what he is, is hearing and seeing the voice. Well, I'll stop right there. And we'll look at this further. And I'll start with uh, Brother Mark Barner.